Hi there, it's Demetri at Jordan. I work here at the RCY on the youth social media team, and this is chapter three of a series where I would like to share my story. This is chapter three, Kids Will Be Kids. Every student has something valuable to offer, and each student has a unique way of expressing it. However, there are times when their way of learning is not supported, preventing them from excelling in their academics the way that they're expected to. In some cases, this can also affect their ability to participate in things like class discussions, group projects, and or presentations, or even attending regularly. I only say this because I was that kid. I am that kid. In school, I faced a lot of challenges, including home life issues, learning disabilities, and bullies, which at the time seemed to occupy my mind more than taking advantage of a quality education. So unintentionally making the teachers upset by not listening, not participating, or refusing to do my homework was always the least of my problems. On the other hand, over 14 years of my school life, I did happen to learn a couple of things. One of them being that there are two types of teachers. There are the teachers that did not know that there are better paying jobs elsewhere and that do not involve such passion and commitment. I'm talking about the teachers that get get frustrated when you don't learn the same way as others and give you the remark that they could care less because they still get a paycheck whether you learn or not. Then there are the never have to work a day in their life teachers. I call them that because if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. From my experience, the ones that have passion for their work are the ones that make the biggest impact. I was blessed with the opportunity to not only have a committed teacher, but a passionate support worker during my graduating year. While on my educational journey, I honestly did not believe I was ever going to graduate, especially when I was held back in grade 11. My last year is when I thrived. I learned things about myself that I never knew I was ever capable of doing, and it was as little as writing a proper essay or a paragraph. In the beginning, I would try to be social with my peers and participate in class discussions until I was belittled in a way. My peers would call me names like nerd, know-it-all, teacher's pet. Orphan was the most original out of all of them. They called me orphan because they did not understand the difference between an orphan and a foster child. They just knew I didn't live with my family. One day in grade six, I just rebelled in the most unhealthy way possible. I started getting mouthy with teachers and I got into a couple fights with students. One day I tried playing soccer with the other kids in my class. I go to kick the ball and I miss the net. And one of the boys in my class yelled, Orphan can't play soccer. I became so upset I just stormed right up to him, grabbed him by his shirt, threw him to the ground and stomped on him. I then went and sat by myself until one of the duty workers sent me to the office. Another time, this girl was swearing at my younger sister and calling her name, so I marched right up to her and confronted her about it. For whatever reason, it made her more angry and aggressive. She then proceeded to swing at me, so I ducked, which made her even more mad. Then when I went to swing at her, another student jumped into the middle with the intentions of pushing us away from each other, leading me to accidentally hitting the wrong person. I was then sent to the office for the second time that week. To this day, I never knew why my principal never suspended me. He looked at me and just asked what had gotten into me, why I went from this quiet kid to mouthing people off and getting into fights. Telling him about the bullying and the abuse that went on at school and my foster home went through my head over and over again. 
but I couldn't give him an answer, so I stayed quiet. He sent me out of his office and he said he was gonna trust the fact that I go home and tell my foster mom what happened. The kids stopped picking on me and calling me names, but no one wanted to hang out with me. So I just kept to myself and that was the last time I ever got into a fight or became aggressive with another student because I knew it was wrong and it wouldn't get me anywhere but the principal's office. I never told my foster parents what happened at school though because they were bullies too. I had to deal with adult bullies at home and kid bullies at school so I isolated myself from everyone including my sister. By the time I hit 7th grade I felt powerless, voiceless, and alone. I thought things were going to be better when I got to middle school but it turns out they weren't. The pro is that I made a friend. We were best friends and pretty much inseparable, but I didn't tell her until we left that I was having trouble with the kids at school. I think I was scared. I did happen to leave that foster home and move back in with my mom, which happened to give me that safe place to feel cared for and loved. I thought moving back in with my mom would help me not be so afraid anymore, but it didn't. I was still scared. My fears changed. I wasn't scared of my parents, but I was scared of being taken away again and put back into that home or even a home similar to it. I started giving attitude when it came to consequencing me for missing classes or getting in trouble at school. My mom tried grounding me. She tried taking my electronics and I still wouldn't attend all my classes or I straight up ditch whole days. So she got frustrated with me and I started to cry and I told her the things that were going on at school and why I missed certain classes. The main class that I ditched was homeroom, also known as TAG. I stopped going right after my first day because I walked in and immediately didn't know anyone. So I sat at the table in the back and ate my sandwich. I had my headphones in blocking out everyone and trying not to bother anyone. Then some kid threw a paper ball at me and started laughing and said sorry. I didn't respond, just went back into my own little world. Then another kid from the same table threw another one. So I looked up and looked towards the teacher who was enjoying her lunch while reading a book. I then tried to separate myself from the situation. So I got up and moved tables. Then another kid threw one followed by another with a mini cucumber. By then I was upset and looked over at the teacher and hoped she would do something, but she was still minding her own business. So I got up and just walked out of the classroom. By then she noticed motion and requested that I come back to the class. I continued to walk away and from then on I ate my lunch behind a stairwell at the back of the school. Most of these kids were in most of my other classes. I also frequently missed foods, even though I didn't mind cooking or baking which was my mom's point of confusion when I would not attend the class. I went to the teacher and requested I not work with these students because I'm not okay with the things that they do to me. The next day, she paired me with one of those students, so I threw my apron and hat down and walked out. The stairwell behind the school was my hiding place, and I would sit there reading graphic novels or drawing until the bell rang. Same thing went for Jim, but my teacher was always the one making me feel out of place. I never had PE strip and I wasn't as athletic as the other kids. Most of the time she didn't even let me participate, so it wasn't that big of a deal in my mind. Then there were the occasional things that would happen in the halls, like knocking 
my books down and kicking them all over the floor while I would try to pick them all up. We also had those smaller lockers, so there would be one on the top and one on the bottom. With my luck, I got the bottom one. Sometimes they would wait until I went to my locker to go to theirs just to hit me in the head with their locker or drop their books on me and laugh about it. All of these kids were in all of my other classes, so I felt afraid to go to any of my classes. After breaking it all down with my mom, she was mad, but not at me. During this time, my sister suffered from bullying as well, but based on the color of her skin, and girls would call her fat and very racist names. My mom was very mad at the school, so she called to address her concerns, as well as naming all of the individuals that were involved. And the principal said, kids will be kids. There's nothing she could do about it which in fact made my mom even more angry with the school. We had about two months left and the teachers were on strike, so my mom sent us back the next day to collect all our things to inform our teachers of my mom's decision. One of the TAs were really rude about it and said my mom was making a stupid mistake, but I left and I never looked back. I had a bit of a break in high school up until my graduating year. At the beginning of the year, these two boys were okay. They left me alone and didn't bother me. But then I became friends with this guy from another school. Then they became quite obnoxious and mean. They started harassing my friend and I at school and out in public. Because my name is Jordan, they used to use that against me, saying that I was a boy and would pick on my friend about dating a man. I didn't take offense to it because to me it wasn't much of an insult, it was just how they were approaching us with it. They would make inappropriate comments in public, then everyone would be staring, throwing things at my friend and making threats to beat him up, humiliating me in class by bringing up things that I had no involvement in by accusing me of participating in them anyways, then giving false information to others, sending them after us as well. I became overwhelmed in class after he made it out to seem like I was someone that I wasn't. English class was my safe place. I loved being there. I loved my teacher Andrew and the teacher assistant Wendy because they both believed in me the way no other teacher ever had in an academic setting. They both were the reason I attended every single day and I wanted to go to school. So I became scared that I wasn't going to have that safe place anymore and all the work I had done was going to, going to be for nothing because out of habit of self-destructing in moments like that. I ran out of the classroom and instead of leaving and never turning back, I went to see the school counselor, which I would have never done if it was any other school. I broke down and began to cry and told her everything. All of the threats he made, all of the things he said and was doing, she got up and stormed out of the room and put him in the office with the principal and explained that it was going on for too long and that they needed to do something about it. They heard my side and they heard his side and they agreed that he worked in a different classroom where he felt more comfortable and that he was no longer allowed to approach me and I was no longer allowed to approach him. The last thing I said was I knew about his home life and that I understood why he was acting out the way he was and that I didn't hate him, and the things he did is not okay, but I understand why he acts the way he does, and I didn't think that it was fair to blame him entirely. Then in the same year, I was belittled by a principal and a vice principal of another school. 
It all started off with my friend and I going to our old high school so that he could hand out his graduation tickets to the teachers he wanted to be there. We made a mistake by not going into the office to inform them of what we were doing. On the other hand, it was really close to the end of the school day, so we thought we would be in and out. Unfortunately, we ran into one kid that had been harassing him and threatening him for months at that point. The bully asked him if he was even graduating, and he replied with yes, and that he, in fact, was there to hand out his tickets for it. The bully replied with, nah, you're a goof. The same goof you'll always be. Then he asked him to stop, which led the bully to requesting him to make him stop, antagonizing a fight between them. We both did not go to the school with the intentions of causing a fight, so my friend walked away. Within seconds, the bully's sidekick went down to the office and stated that my friend and I were trying to fight him, which led the vice principal escorting us down to the office, refusing to tell us why. He then told us to sit in the room. He came back with the principal and right off the bat started yelling and making accusations. Out of reflex, my friend put his hands up and stated that those were never our intentions and that it was the other way around. The vice principal didn't even give us a chance to even defend ourselves. He just started yelling and telling him to put his hands down, saying that he should call the cops for trespassing and that they have zero tolerance for violence in their school. Then they turned to me and the principal asked me what my name was and what school I went to. At the time I was attending an alternative school. She then asked what school I went to before and I said, this public school. Then she asked why I left this school and was it because I had a feud with the students there. I said no. I switched schools because the school you work for did not meet my academic needs or support me in the way that I needed in order to graduate. She then replied with, well, are you even graduating? And I said, yes, in fact, I'm valid Victorian. My friend could tell that I was becoming upset and suggested that we leave to take the bus. While we were leaving, they stated that if they saw us anywhere near the school, they were going to call the cops and they were going to be calling our current schools. So the next day, my principal got an email accusing me of going to the public school to start a fight and stated that we were no longer welcome anywhere on the property. Then, of course, the principal brought me into the office with the school counselor to talk. Normally, in these situations, I would be nervous, especially after dealing with that kind of approach from the other principal at the public school but I built trust in my alternative school and they knew me as a person when the other school didn't. They were more so curious and confused because I'm just not that kind of person. My principal and counselor heard my side and just suggested that I never go back there, especially because of the way they handled the situation. They both emailed the school regarding their concerns about the student who originally made the threats. Sometimes I think about it and I wonder what it would have been like if I had been at any of the other schools I attended. I know for a fact that I would have not been able to trust them enough to be honest with them and let them know what was going on. I most likely would have stopped going altogether. Then I may have not even graduated, let alone be valid Victorian, or even apply for this job. I say this because prior to this school I had no teacher believe in me the way that the staff at my school did. 
I truly thought I wasn't smart enough to do anything, that I wasn't going to amount to anything but what I knew, what my family knew. Not saying that it wasn't good enough, but I wanted to be more. My mom wanted me to be more, and my uncle wanted me to be more. But the way I was thinking my worth was before, I'm truly amazed that I made it out of that because all of the other schools did not help me with anything but give me more reason to lose hope. I even gave my alternative school a hard time. Well, at least I tried to. When I skipped classes, they didn't push me away or even give up on trying. They acknowledged when I showed up and encouraged me to work hard every time I did. If I sat there with my head down when I didn't understand something, someone would notice and ask if I needed help. One of the TAAs explained that I didn't need to feel ashamed of asking for help because that's why she was there. In fact, she was bored if I didn't ask. The first thing I said to my English teacher, Andrew, was, why do you even care? You still get paid to be here. He was devastated by my remark. Then he explained that if he was all about the paycheck, he would work elsewhere, where he would most likely be paid more. He also stated that he was ashamed at any teacher that made those remarks to me in the past. He said he was a teacher because he wanted to be a teacher and it wasn't about the money, even though money does help. He was genuinely interested in making our school experience intriguing and worth our while. I remembered getting an A for the first time on one of my assignments and just smiling saying, I really am smart. I really can do this. And I, w I would still miss days sometimes, but most of the time it was because of my mental health or kids at school. But it made my day when I would walk into my English class and my teacher Andrew and my support worker Wendy were not angry but welcoming and they would say, we missed you. I loved being there for that very reason and I loved learning. I couldn't have done it without them, without that school. And that is the end of chapter 3 and join me next time for chapter 3.5.